One of the things that continue to elude communicators is measurement. Part of the challenge is the industry doesn't have a uniform way to measure what we do. Then we also have to take into account brand awareness, which is pretty near impossible to measure. And then we're left with the things we can measure, leads and participation in nurturing them to conversion. But how do you create your goals and what do you report on weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annually? That, my friends, is what we're going to discuss on today's episode of the Spinsucks podcast. If you're a communications pro who works hard, doesn't compromise quality, and gets the job done, welcome home. We'll share our tips, tricks, and stories, and together we will change the face of PR. Spin sucks, but we don't. With the Spin Sucks podcast, here's Jenny Dietrich. Welcome back to the Spin Sucks podcast. I'm Jenny Dietrich. So, measurement. It's not a fun topic, and I can hear all of you groaning, but it is extraordinarily important. Pretty much every meeting my team and I have with clients today begins with, how many leads did you generate? How many are marketing qualified? How many are sales qualified? It's a little rough. And while we figured out the answer for most, there is still the elusive brand awareness, which is required but challenging to measure, at least without a six-figure budget to do studies every year. But I'm not here to whine and complain that executives don't understand they have to invest in brand awareness. Okay, maybe a little, but I have it out of my system now. What we are going to talk about is what you can measure and how to set up your comms plan at the start to define the metrics the correct way. And then we'll use a framework to help you report on the results. For that part, I've asked my buddy, Christopher S. Penn, to provide some information. Let's get started. Every year, every year. I get roped into judging PR award entries. Every year, I say I'm not going to do it ever again. And every year, I prove myself a liar. The reason I don't like to do them is that when you come to the evaluation part of nearly every award entry, one of two things happens. Either the comms team has added in the metrics and measurement at the end of the campaign while they were writing the entry, and trust me, you can tell they've done that, or they quote unquote measure things such as video views or social media followings. Yes, they still do that today, and it drives me freaking batty. So let me give you some advice. Neither of those things measurement make, and if you try to present that to a board of directors, they will laugh you out of the room. Instead, You want to attach your communications plan to three things. Number one, organizational goals. Number two, campaign goals. And number three, tactical goals. Let's go through each of them. So let's start with organizational goals. You want to answer the question, why? Why are we doing this? In most cases, it's going to be to get more customers and drive more revenue. There are certainly exceptions to this rule. You work for a nonprofit and you're tasked with getting more volunteers, or you do internal communications and you're tasked with higher engagement for employees. But for those of us doing external communications with for-profit organizations, we're almost always doing our job to get more customers and drive more revenue. 
Then we have campaign goals. And if you're campaign goals, you want to ask yourself what? So for organizational goals, we said why. And now we're saying what? What is the overall campaign outcome? It will need to lead to your organizational goals for sure. But in most cases, it will be lead generation and or demand generation, whatever you want to call it. For our clients, we break those into three buckets, leads, marketing qualified leads, and sales qualified leads. What's the difference, you ask? Well, allow me to explain because this is one of my favorite topics. It certainly depends on the organization or the client. It depends is always the caveat. But leads tend to be people who have come to the website from our inbound marketing programs and have given us their email address either from subscribing, downloading, or filling out a form. But not all of these people will be prospects. Some will be competitors, some will be journalists, others may be professors, and some will be applying for jobs, depending on the content, of course. So while we track those people, we don't consider them prospects, right? Doesn't make sense to consider them prospects from reporting to executives. Marketing qualified leads, then, are people who fit the ideal customer profile. They should have the right title, work for the right company, and engage with multiple pieces of content. For instance, an MQL for Spin Sucks might be a chief communications officer or a chief content officer at a Fortune 200 brand who has either joined the Spin Sucks community or reads multiple blog posts a week and has subscribed. A sales qualified lead then, and again, it depends on the organization and its goals, is someone who has already been qualified as a marketing lead and has sales has had a conversation with them to understand that they do have the budget and they do have a need for the product or service in the next 90 days. This is a little bit different for consumer businesses, but this is how it works on the B2B side. And then once you have your organizational and campaign goals, you can create your tactical goals. This, by the way, is where most communicators begin if they measure anything at all. It's not where you begin. It's the end, not the start, the end. So we've talked about organizational goals from a why perspective, and we've talked about campaign goals from a what perspective. Now we're going to talk about tactical goals from a how perspective. How do we want this particular tactic to perform? Well, I don't really love vanity metrics. This is the right place to have them. Your tactical goals might include things such as click-through rate, number of form fills, added subscribers, or engaged community members. Okay, phew. Now that we've set our goals, it's time to put numbers to paper and track your efforts against them. I will be right back to give you all the information you need on that. Stay tuned. There are two things I want you to know about. The first is the Fundamentals of Media Measurement course that we just launched with Muckrack, and the second is the PESO Model Certification. Both will help you evolve your career this year as you learn how to measure your work using the PESO Model to get you there. The Fundamentals of Media Measurement course can teach you how to measure your earned media efforts, create a successful measurement strategy, and report on your success. It will take you about two hours, but it has quick bite-sized lessons you can take when convenient. It has actionable tips, step-by-step approaches, and examples from Jonna Burke, Christopher Penn, and me. Go to mrac.co slash spinsucks to learn more, get registered, and start your measurement journey today. That's mrac.co slash spinsucks. 
Please be sure to use that link because I get a gold star every time someone registers, and I love gold stars. And for those of you who need to evolve your career, learn how to integrate the work you do with marketing and amp up your measurement efforts, the PESO model certification is for you. Step up your game with an academically accredited PESO model certification from Spin Sucks and the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. Learn more about that by going to spinsucks.com academy, or you can go to spinsucks.com and click on academy in the navigation. And now, back to the show. I have returned. Let's put numbers to paper now. Remember, you have three buckets for measuring results. Organizational, or the why. Campaign, or the what. And tactical, or the how. And this is where I will steal from Chris Penn. He says you're going to create your SAINT, SAINT reporting frameworks. SAINT stands for summary, analysis, insights, next steps, and timeline. Clever, right? Super clever. Let's go through each. The summary is, (laughs) well, a summary. You can do this weekly for your tactics, monthly and quarterly for your campaigns, and annually for your organizational goals, or maybe twice a year. It's a condensed version of what happened, why, and the actions that need to be taken. Let's say you've created a campaign around a special report that is indicative of trends in your industry. You would include everything from what happened and when, why things went according to plan or not, and what you need to do next. This is not a tool to toot your own horn, though you can and will in some cases. It's designed to be a debrief so you can be flexible enough to tweak as you go. While the summary is short and to the point, the analysis is a detail of what happened against key performance indicators, and it should focus on unexpected outcomes. For instance, if your campaign goal was to set 200 leads that got turned into 100 marketing qualified leads that turned into 50 sales qualified leads, and you were short on any of those numbers, you want to provide an analysis of what happened. The why will come next. It could be that your numbers were too aggressive and not based on any organizational historical data, or you don't have organizational historical data, or it could be, I don't know, that a global pandemic derailed your efforts, or it could be that the campaign just bombed. On the flip side, if you ended up with 200 marketing qualified leads versus the 100 you expected, that's what you would want to report in your analysis as well. Unexpected outcomes are not always bad. They're just unexpected. Now it's time to put your brain to work and provide some insights. You want to explain why those unexpected things happened. This is where data and analytics will help you. In the insights piece of your reporting, it's not enough to say, well, you know, the world shut down in March and April, so that completely derailed us. It's understandable, of course, but it's not enough in the why section of your reporting. In this case, you might want to explain that while you were derailed in March and April, you spent time in May and June adjusting messaging and launching the campaign or tactics. But global pandemics aside, if you exceeded your marketing qualified lead goal in the insights section of your reporting, you would explain why that happened. Perhaps you had an influencer unexpectedly share your trends report or a major news outlet linked to it and it provided enough extra oomph that you weren't expecting. No matter what the unexpected outcome is, you want to explain why it happened. Then you want to create a list of actions that you need from colleagues, both on your team and in other departments. 
This might also include leadership. If you're short on your sales qualified lead goal, for instance, it could very well be because your sales team didn't follow up with the marketing qualified leads so that you could nurture them to the next phase. Or, and this has happened to my team and me before with clients, leadership can't agree on whether or not the marketing qualified lead is actually qualified and they never get passed along. And then, of course, the prospect stops engaging. they. This is where we get to have hard conversations, which my team usually leaves up to me. It goes something like this. We need to agree, client X, right now on who is a lead versus an MQL versus an SQL. And we're going to run it exactly this way, the way we agree, for 90 days before we can make changes. For the most part, executives will get it, and they begrudgingly will agree to a shorter timeline, which comes next, to get it done. Give people things to do and then move to the timeline phase so you can get it all accomplished. The timeline, of course, is how long people have to take action. This allows you to set expectations and it allows you to hold people accountable. This is very, very important. As you begin to measure your goals and report on your progress in this way, no matter if you're on the agency side or in-house, there will, absolutely will, be hurdles you don't expect every single day. Your job is to clear them as fast as possible and get what you need out of your colleagues to reach your goals. This is not always fun. You will have very frustrating days. But it's worth it in the end because you'll be able to prove all of the work you're doing is contributing to the success of the organization, and you will soon be seen as an investment instead of an expense. If you need help with measurement in any form, join us in the SpinSucks community. You can find us at SpinSucks.com slash Spin hyphen Sucks hyphen community. That's SpinSucks.com slash Spin hyphen Sucks hyphen community. We're always willing to help. And as you can tell, I have very strong opinions on measuring the work that we do, and I'm super happy to help you. I'll see you next week. If you're ready to change the face of PR, make sure you subscribe to the Spin Sucks podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, leave us a rating and a review. 